0: we go. I think 1130 is just about the time when you start seeing the first shadows in Nebraska. Uh, What will look like that big old bright cookie in the sky with a little bite out of the upper right-hand corner there as we begin what will be, for a good swath of Nebraska, a total eclipse of the sun today. I'm Dirk Christensen. It is... Midday on the Rural Radio Network. Do you have all your plans laid out and your glasses at the ready?
1: I'm going to lunch break i will go look at the eclipse (laughs) i will come back from lunch there you go and be on air but uh it does look like it has started in oregon if you're lucky enough to get to a place in nebraska where there's not a lot of clouds i guess it should be pretty good for us
0: bob you got your plans all laid out. i got my glasses already on i'm sitting here and i can't see a thing but uh you know i'm i'm ready i'm locked and loaded i was gonna say that that's gonna be a little hard to read but i'm sure you've committed that to memory very good. We'll uh, get Jason Jorgensen in here in just a moment. Jesse, what do you have for us today?
1: Well, coming up at twelve thirteen, there's a lot of discussions right now about trade. We'll get an update about what some of those latest activities are. For the twelve nineteen, I am with Ann Burkholder. She's a cattle producer from Cozad and is also the author of Feed Yard Foodie. It's a blog that she writes. And she recently received the Advocate of the Year Award from the Beef Checkoff. So we'll talk about her blog and what that award means to her. For the newsmaker, Bruce Gorders with Scott Partridge of Monsanto. They discuss the dicama drift complaints. Obviously, that's something that is ongoing in our agriculture news. And then for the 117, Bryce Duskit is with Stacy Agnew, the executive director of the Nebraska FFA Foundation, about a program that raises money to fund FFA jackets for new members and probably some ways you can participate in that as well.
0: All right. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we have Jason Jorgensen, who has made his way as you can see, Bob has already donned his eclipse glasses. But uh, is it dark yet? Uh, it's dark for Bob. <laughs> I, I just wanted to put out the uh, the one bit of advice that I have heard that's good today. If you got any of the bogus eclipse glasses, here's the way you can tell: if you look at the sun, it'll be the last thing you ever see. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Great advice, Dirk.
0: Also, this deal about. Using
2: your phone and then you look over your shoulder, I, I, I don't either. think I'd do that, right. but. I- that's not my area of expertise. Just don't you
1: know. look at the sun without glasses. Yeah, that's, that's the whole deal.
2: Don't look right at it. But I'm seeing that all over Facebook in the last
0: hour or so. Yeah. So. All right. And you've been looking at sports all morning long. That's
2: right. Uh, AP Top 25 football poll is out. No surprise here. Alabama is ranked number one for the second straight year. Nebraska did not make the Top 25. Kansas State did. We'll give you a little down on that. Speaking of the Eclipse, the Royals are off today, so several of them...
0: They're watching the eclipse. Uh,
2: that's not a bad way to do it. No, nope, so and maybe that will
0: help get them back on track. Do the Phoenix Suns also get an eclipse, I wonder? I don't, I don't know. know. Bob Brogan on business. U.S. stocks are wavering between gains and losses. Sempra Energy bids nine point forty five billion for Encore topping Buffett's offer. Herbalife held unsuccessful sale talks. Walmart is uh, expanding its grocery service with Uber to two more markets. You're going to be hearing more and more about uh, Walmart trying to uh, market its groceries by delivering them. Isn't that something? It's all coming up for you today on Midday. 16 away from noon, getting to see the effects of the partial eclipse so far. And that line of totality is not looking too bad in the center of Nebraska.
3: Yeah, a lot of people in central Nebraska consider yourself very lucky as you go to the south and east of Grand Island and Hastings. A lot more cloud cover, especially from Grand Island and Hastings down to Phillipsburg and points south towards the southeast. Down to Beatrice, they've got a big celebration planned there. And right now, some rain starting to move towards Fairbury and most likely towards Beatrice. Already a severe thunderstorm watch in effect for northeast Nebraska. This is in effect until 7 o'clock tonight, especially if you're along and north of a line from Ainsworth to Albion to around Blair. And points to the northeast, that's where we do have a severe thunderstorm. Watch until 7 tonight.
0: Uh, We have uh, thought that we might have to thread the needle, and it looks (laughs) like it just might actually get done this weather with Paul Perkins. is brought to you by Kuhlman Repair.
3: Yeah, we do have those serious clouds approaching from the south. Looks like, and this remains, looks to be true, areas near and to the north and west of Hastings. You are looking at the best chance of an unobstructed view of the eclipse, so just some partly cloudy skies. Less hope of that unobstructed view eclipse farther to the east and south of Hastings. So once again, Hastings to the south and east. The chances for seeing this eclipse, not too great. Of course, it's already in progress. We're starting to see the partial eclipse and the partial darkening of our uh, day for today. But once again, as you head to the north and west of Hastings, a better chance of the unobstructed view. And right now, just looking at the clouds, especially from Kearney on over to North Platte and Ogallala, looking at some partly cloudy skies. And as you head towards Broken Bow, Loop City and Ord, things looking very good right now for the total eclipse, which will be occurring in just a little over of an hour. Most of central Nebraska expecting about 40% cloud cover during this eclipse, so things looking pretty good right now in central Nebraska. We will see an increase in clouds later today and an increase in thunderstorm chances after the eclipse. That's thanks to a front and an area of low pressure dropping south through the region. A few of these storms may be severe. That higher chance of severe storms right now in northeast Nebraska, where the Storm Prediction Center has a slight risk of severe weather, and already that severe thunderstorm watch in effect for. Northeast Nebraska. High pressure pushes in from the north tomorrow. That'll clear us guys out with some drier air for the midweek. And temperatures will remain pretty much near seasonal as we head towards the weekend. A more active period does start to arrive by Thursday night as we see a series of disturbances track through the region. At least some slight chances for thunderstorms Friday through Sunday. Looks like our best chances of seeing some thunderstorm activity going to be Friday and Saturday night. After Sunday, it's going to be drier and cooler for the beginning of next week. That is reflected in our long-term forecast. Temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas summering right around seasonal to cooler than normal this weekend through the third of September, which coincides with the Nebraska State Fair, so weather going to cooperate with the Nebraska State Fair. The precipitation forecast expecting near normal rainfall for Nebraska and Kansas this weekend through the third of September. On the plains, some unsettled weather generating showers from the Dakotas down to Kansas, bringing some localized relief from the drought and dryness in the corn belts. Much needed rain is falling and fell in southern Iowa and other previously dry western production areas. A flash flood warning currently in effect for parts of Kansas and Missouri as some of the storms could produce heavy rain over a relatively short period of time. There were some heavy rains overnight in portions of Iowa. In central portions of Iowa, they had as much as 6 inches of rain. In the next few days, that cold front descending from the upper Midwest Gradually moving into the southeast, that will generate some locally strong thunderstorms and the potential for some localized flooding. Already an elevated risk of severe weather anticipated tomorrow for the Ohio Valley and other locations along that front. Drier and cooler weather will dominate the northern plains once today showers start to dissipate. But all in all, things looking pretty good from northwest. Into Central Nebraska for viewing the eclipse today, Dirk. All
0: right, very good. Thank you very much, Paul. This uh, ag weather has been brought to you by Kuhlman Repair. Uh, We have gotten reports in now from people who are uh, getting into us here, and they're saying there is in some areas. And this particular report comes from Carney, perfect view. Excellent. And they say already incredible.
3: It's starting to just. It's getting darker. We've had some people here at the station step outside and say. You can tell it's going into effect. Absolutely. All right. When you need weather, anytime. KRBN.com.
1: information on the Roll Radio Network. I'm Jesse Harding. An effort to provide deserving Nebraska FFA members free jackets is underway. Bryce Duskett has the story.
4: To many FFA members, receiving their own blue corduroy jacket with their own name on it is just what they need to begin a successful FFA experience. Stacy Agnew, executive director of the Nebraska FFA Foundation, says the Blue Jacket Bright Futures program strives to do just that
5: the beauty of this program and what it does for students is they get their own jacket with their name on it and so it's their jacket and there's there's something about zipping up that blue corduroy jacket that's stiff and new and sometimes maybe slightly oversized for an FFA member but it's theirs and they hopefully will get a feeling that they're part of something much larger than just themselves that this organization although it has their you have your name on your jacket that you're part of something where there's 8000 other FFA students across Nebraska that you're you're part of this group
4: tax deductible donations are now being accepted for the program through September 1st you can find a link to the website by going to ruralradio.com for the rural radio network I'm Bryce Duskit
1: Negotiators for the United States and South Korea will meet this week in Seoul, a session that is to discuss potentially amending the five-year-old... South Korea-U.S. free trade agreement. And President Donald Trump says he would either renegotiate or terminate the deal, which he said has led to American job losses. South Korea's trade ministry confirmed U.S. trade representative Robert Lighthizer's announcement that both sides will engage in talks starting on August 22nd. Lighthizer and South Korea trade minister will open up the talks via video conference and be followed by a senior level talks between the United States and Korea officials in Seoul. Lighthizer said the overall deficient de- deficit that the U.S. has with South Korea has increased since the agreement took effect. And there have been reports in farm country of dicamba-based herbicides causing concerns, and Bruce Gorder has more.
6: Reports have come in regarding drifting concerns and other problems as dicamba-based herbicides are getting greater usage as other products become less effective. I asked Monsanto vice president of global strategy Scott Partridge if they want to hear from their producers.
7: Absolutely, Bruce. And not only do we we want them to let us know through their local folks, we've established a one eight uh, hundred number that actually is one eight four four R R extend X T E N D, and uh, we're getting that uh, that number out widely. Um, and we're getting calls from our farmer customers, and we're we're getting out to the field very quickly with technical people, not just salespeople, with technical people to work with them uh, to help them understand what's happened on their uh, on their farm.
6: So, if you are experiencing some problems, let the companies know. I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network.
1: U.S. Senator Deb Fisher will be holding town hall listening sessions in Burwell, Ord, and St. Paul next week. That's August 23rd and 24th. The sessions offer local Nebraskans a forum to share their views and speak directly with Senator Fisher about their questions or concerns. More information on dates, times, and locations can be found by visiting ruralradio.com. And also for the National Association of Wheat Growers, when it comes to the NAFTA renegotiations, Chandler Gould, CEO of the National Wheat Association Grower, says that improvements for Canada's grading system of U.S. wheat is needed, so it helps to enter U.S. elevators and receive grades in conjunction with quality in the U.S. You're listening to the Roll Radio Network. One Nebraskan was awarded for her advocacy. For the Roll Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding. Ann Burkholder from CoZAD was awarded with the Advocate of the Year from the Beef Checkoff. She also has a blog, Feed Your Foodie. But first, Ann, why don't you tell
8: us a little on the family operation? I like to laugh that I was an athlete fueled by beef a long time before I knew where it came from. I'm actually a city kid from South Florida, but I married a native CoZADian. And my favorite farmer and I moved back to the area in the summer of 1997. My husband farms about 4,500 acres in the Platte River Valley and has an alfalfa dehydration plant. And we currently have a grass cattle operation, and then we follow our cattle all the way through the feed yard to the packing plant. And I also blog at Feed Yard Foodie.
1: Why don't you tell us about that blog, why start one, and what is kind of the content of it?
8: I started the blog... About five or six years ago, I had gotten into advocacy work through a Beef Quality Assurance Award. One of the things that I received as a result of the award was some media training so that I could improve my skills talking to people about what we do and how we raise beef. And from there, I took some trips with the Beef Checkoff. Went to New York City, went to California, went to Chicago a couple of times talking to different groups of people about how we do things in rural America, how farmers actually grow food, and where your beef comes from. And as a result of that, I decided that I needed to start staying home more. At that time, I was running a cattle feed yard, and I had three smaller kids. And so I decided that I could be transparent and share the way that I grow beef from my living room through a blog. And so that's the birth of Feed Yard Foodie. It's really been an amazing adventure for me. I found that as a result of the blog, I not only am teaching people about where their beef comes from, but other people are teaching me about what they care about relative to the beef that they find in the grocery store. And I found that two-way communication trail to be incredibly rewarding.
1: You did receive the Advocate of the Year Award from the Beef Checkoff. What does that mean for you?
8: You know, it's always awesome when you get a reward, you know, I, I've also written a blog post called Refilling the Cup. And I think as advocates, sometimes we get tired. It's hard to refill your cup. It's hard to put yourself out there. If you spend any time on Feed Yard Foodie, you'll see that it's very personal. And it's not just Ann and cattle. It's talking about my family and my farm and the things that I love most in the world. And it takes a certain amount of concerted effort to be transparent in that way. My blog is set up that way because I don't really compartmentalize my life. So you're going to get Anne, whether you're talking to me on the phone or or reading my blog. But also I think that what we need to do in the beef industry is build transparency and build trust. And I think the best way to build trust is to be a person and allow people to have a window into what makes you you, not just the farmer but the person. And so when you put yourself out there all the time, you open yourself up to both positive things like winning awards, but also to negative things from people who don't think the way that you do, and that can wear on you at times. And so it's really great, kind of a nice emotional bonus for me to pick up an award or to have somebody just tell me, hey, good job, I read that the other day, and I really appreciate what you're doing. I think that type of thing helps those of us that are being advocates kind of out there on the front line helps us to keep going because advocacy is just like agriculture. We've got to find ways to sustain on into the future.
1: We're talking with Ann Burkholder. She is from COZAD and is the latest recipient of the Advocate of the Year Award from the Beef Checkoff. For the Royal Radio Network, I'm Jesse Harding.
0: Safe and pleasant, and we hope clear Eclipse viewing to you. It's time for Sports on Midday with Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Dirk. Well, Alabama is the number one team of the preseason
2: college football top 25. It's the second straight year they have started the season out number one. They're followed by Ohio State, Florida State, USC, and Clemson. And for the second time in the last four years, Kansas State starts the season ranked to the preseason top 25. They come in at number 20. K State was also ranked twentieth in the 2014 preseason AP Top 25. Uh, they placed nineteenth in last year's poll. Well, fall camp is wrapped up for the Huskers, and Coach Mike Riley's been very pleased with how things have gone.
3: They've stayed the course as good as any group I've ever been with. It's been impressive. There were not, there were not, hardly any distractions, and not many glitches. I've, I've appreciated this group a lot, and I'm thinking that that has a chance to pay real dividends. And
2: the Huskers will open up the season on September 2nd at home against Arkansas State. The Nebraska volleyball team held its annual red-white scrimmage in front of more than 6,000 fans at the Devaney Center on Saturday night. The red team defeated the white 3-1. That scrimmage was the first look at this year's team. Nebraska starts the year ranked 5th in the AVCA preseason rankings. The Huskers officially start the season on Friday against 18th ranked Oregon at the Vert Challenge in Gainesville, Florida. Well, the NFL has signed a three-year deal to make its games available through digital streaming in China. Tencent Sports says it is partnering with the league to air live and on-demand select preseason games and Monday night games and select Sunday afternoon and all postseason games for 2017, 18, and 2019 will also be made available. And the Royals are off today, but several of them already have big plans for their day away from Kauffman Stadium. Like the rest of us, they are watching the eclipse. Manager Ned Yo says he has the special glasses to see it, along with the app for his iPad. And pitcher Jason Hamill is going to watch it from his backyard in his suburb of Overland Park. He says there's something like 99.2% total totality. He says that's good enough for him. No big league games will be going on as the eclipse occurs, although some teams might be limbering up on the field or taking early batting practice. That is a look at sports. Stay tuned. More Midday is just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network.
9: Mostly cloudy in Nebraska tonight with a chance of thunderstorms in the east and central. I'm Dave Schroeder. Meteorologist Mike Mortz with the National Weather Service in Hastings describes the best place to view the eclipse in Nebraska based on the cloud cover that forecasters expect. From about Kearney,
7: Ravenna, westward, especially the further west you go. There are low clouds out in part of much of that area now, but those low clouds will diminish or should gradually diminish by 1 o'clock today. So Lexington, Loop City, Ravenna, Litchfield, Gothenburg... Uh, Arcadia, those areas, probably the best shot at seeing uh, the clearest view of the sun, although it probably won't be totally clear.
9: A man from the Los Angeles area made a stop in Gothenburg this morning before heading north to view the eclipse.
3: We saw a partial eclipse a few years ago in California, but this is the first total.
9: The man said he was making the event a family trip as he was traveling and enjoying time with his son and grandson. Some University of Nebraska System faculty members say a big drop in vehicle mileage reimbursement will be tough to weather. The system intends to drop reimbursement when faculty members use their own car from about 50 cents per mile to 25 cents per mile beginning next month, citing challenges within the state budget. System Extension educators and faculty members in rural settings say the decision is especially burdensome for them because they drive long distances to work as well as to programs, meetings, and events. System President Hank Bound says reducing mileage reimbursement is one of many ways to deal with a $49 million budget gap caused by state funding problems and rising costs. The system hopes to save about $550,000 a year with the drop. A 19-year-old woman is missing at Lake McConaughey. Law enforcement and rescue personnel were headed to the location shortly before 8 a.m. this morning. A 16-year-old has been fatally injured and another hospitalized after a car crash in eastern Nebraska. It was reported around 5.30 last evening, about two miles south of Memphis in southeast Saunders County. The Saunders County Sheriff's Office says the northbound vehicle went out of control and rolled several times. The teens' names haven't been released. A friendly reminder for unprotected eyes, do not look directly at the sun even for a second. Wait for the minute or two of totality. In the KRVN News Center, I'm Dave Schroer.
6: I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network. Recently, reports have surfaced of concerns over the use of dicamba-based herbicides. I asked Scott Partridge, Monsanto's Vice President of Global Strategy, about the concerns they are hearing from their producers.
7: So we've gotten a number of calls uh, from our grower customers, and we've been inviting those calls when we first heard of concerns in the field involving potential off-target movement of dicamba we put the word out and we continue to, uh, to invite calls from all of our uh, all of our customers uh, whether they're soybean, cotton, corn or chemistry customers we want them to call us and uh, so we can work with them through this season to uh, to understand what their concerns are. So what we've seen is a is a is off target movement of dicamba in different locations. And what we're doing is we're working with our farmer customers. We're visiting with them. Uh, in their fields uh, going through records looking at their equipment with them looking at target fields and affected fields and we're gathering uh, we're gathering weather data to help understand uh, and work with them to understand in, in their environment uh, what the weather conditions were and we've committed to them we're going to work with them all the way through harvest to fully understand uh, what their experience was this year and uh, if improvements need to be made for their experience for next year we're going to work with them in the industry to make sure that that happens
6: are you encouraging your growers, Scott, to uh, let you know if they uh, perceive a problem? Uh, are you do you want them to let you know?
7: Absolutely, absolutely, Bruce. And not only do we we want them to let us know through their local folks, we've established a uh, 1-800 number that actually is one eight four four R R Extend X T E N D, and uh, we're getting that uh, that number out widely. Um, and we're getting calls from our farmer customers and we're we're getting out to the field very quickly with technical people not just salespeople, with technical people to work with them uh... to help them understand what's happened on their uh... on their farm
6: I know dr bob fraley sent out a letter to uh, growers here recently uh... what kind of a reaction are you getting to, to that
7: letter uh, very good reaction i you know i'm so proud of uh... of of our customers for reaching out to us uh... you know one of the commitments we make is we put a uh... A product, a new innovation in the field is we work with our farmer customers to make sure they understand the product, how to use it, and uh, that was at the core of, uh, of Rob Fraley's, of Dr. Fraley's communication is to let farmers know that they can contact us, they can, they, they will, we will work with them to make sure that they have the best experience possible with our product. And also, it's not just, it's not just our product, but if these are customers of ours who, uh, who planted our seed and believe that they have been uh, affected by, um, another chemistry uh, applied somewhere else that's manufactured by another company. We're going to help them with that problem too. We're there for our customers.
6: Why is dicamba important right now? Is it because of resistance to other other products? So over the years for the weeds,
7: <laughs> that's I think Bruce. That's the primary reason. When you look at dicamba, you know dicamba's been around. Actually, I think the first dicamba product was introduced in 1967. So it's a it's a relatively um, relatively I'll call it mature uh technology chemistry it's been around for uh for 50 years and over those five decades people have come to understand dicamba uh, what you're seeing this season is fairly widespread use much more significant than uh than before uh but it is chemistry that's important from a from a weed management standpoint uh resistant weeds uh glyphosate resistant weeds when uh when those encounter dicamba it gives the farmer a new tool to uh to control that resistance and that's really that's really important
6: where have these uh, concerns come from scott is it one geographical area in the us or is it uh kind of widespread
7: well i would say the epicenter is probably uh, arkansas uh you know there are we get calls concerns and requests to come out uh you know throughout the midwest but arkansas uh, arkansas poses a particular problem and uh you know while while our vapor grip technology coupled with extendamax uh was uh, approved by the EPA uh with a label with fairly detailed instructions on uh, on use it was accepted in 33 states it was not it was not approved for use in arkansas and unfortunately uh arkansas arkansas is the area where we have seen a significant number of claims of dicamba off target movement and I think as time goes on, we're going to find that uh, that uh, well, logically, uh, if our product was not approved for sale in Arkansas, and that is our extended max with vapor grip, um, the uh, it's the other products that are moving off target, and that includes generic dicamba, which are the old formulations, the volatility volatility profile of which is much different than uh, than ours with vapor grip. Uh, we know through our our 1,200 testing and 25 actual field. Tests. We know that uh, vapor grip reduces volatility by over ninety percent.
6: Now, you mentioned uh, following label instructions. We, we always hear that when talking about chemical applications, but uh, this in this case is very, very important. Talk about that when it relates to Extendamax with the vapor grip technology.
7: Sure, Bruce, and it is critical. It's important to follow with with any uh, with any product. It's important to follow uh, label instructions. Uh, What we did with our label is we tried to provide, and I believe we were successful in doing so, providing um, applicators and growers, the user of our technology, with, uh, with very precise instructions.
6: Scott Partridge says follow those instructions to the letter, and you should have few or no problems with Monsanto's products.
0: I'm Bruce Gorder on the Rural Radio Network. Thanks very much, Bob. And again, it is the moment that has been waited for for 99 years across the United States and across Nebraska. We are in the seconds here in Lexington, already to the west and coming to the east in just a few moments, the totality of our solar eclipse. Watch it safely and enjoy it from all of us here at 880-KRBN.
2: back to take a look at our closing livestock commentary with joe teal of great plains commodities joe still a lot of
3: pressure in the hogs today
10: yeah a lot of pressure in the hogs uh, cash soft again uh, uh, and uh, really a lot of pressure uh, the triple digit losses uh, uh, through the uh, april contract and uh, that uh, not much you can say about it uh, yeah cash Cash has been the leader and it still is the leader. The uh, future is just way out in front of that, uh, still it has not let up. Cutouts were uh, not, you yeah, they they have been uh, down and out uh, for quite some time. And uh, today uh, uh, really didn't uh, change much as far as I was concerned. Um, we did uh, manage it to be a little bit higher, but not enough. And uh, so down we came. Over in the cattle, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, A couple of contracts uh, managing to close higher. The rest just fractionally lower. Pressure there all day long. Uh, We opened lower and uh, bounced around back and forth over uh, unchanged, but uh, couldn't hold anything. Obviously, no cash trade uh, on this Monday. Cutouts were lower at noon. So that didn't provide any uh, support, and uh, we finished mostly lower uh, in the livestock futures once again.
2: Joe Deal of Great Plains Commodity. If you'd like to visit with Joe, call 800-328-0134. Ended mixed in the cattle, also lower in the feeders, as Joe mentioned, down 50 to down 147 on the lean hogs today. You're listening to
4: the Rural Radio Network. For decades, the National FFA Organization has stood out, both as an outstanding student organization and by their noticeable blue and gold jackets. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskett. Each year, around 70,000 FFA jackets are made and sold. The process begins with fabric, which is made of U.S. cotton, and then shipped to China to be woven and dyed. The finished cotton is then moved to one of two facilities, one at Vietnam and the other in Ohio, where the jackets are cut and sewn and emblems are attached. Now, the cost of the FFA jacket, tie, or scarf can add up, but the Nebraska FFA Foundation has stepped up to assist students. The Nebraska FFA Jacket Fund, known as the Blue Jackets Bright Futures Program, strives to provide all deserving FFA members in Nebraska with a blue corduroy jacket. Joining me now to discuss more is Stacey Agnew, Executive Director of the Nebraska FFA Foundation. Stacy, let's first talk about the program and when it began.
5: Mm-hmm. The Blue Jacket Bright Future program started in 2009. There was a former state FFA officer who served as a national officer and was able to visit some other state ffa conventions during her time of service as a national officer and saw what that they were doing this jacket program and helping students in that way and so yes so back in 2009 is when it officially started where the foundation started the program and secured donors to um, donate funds to help purchase jackets for those students that were selected
4: So, Stacey, how does the process work? Do students apply?
5: FFA members can go and fill out an online application, and so they have to identify what... Are some of their short-term goals by being a member of FFA and they have to identify what activities that they have currently participated in and so for a new FFA member hopefully they've had a chance to find out what are some of those opportunities and participate a little bit but we are really looking for students who see an opportunity for themselves to grow and develop.
4: Stacey, talk about the impact that getting a jacket has on one of these FFA
5: students. I think any FFA member, when they get their first jacket, they open it up and it's kind of this stiff blue corduroy. Um, For some FFA members, for example, when I taught, um, we had a show box full of hand-me-down FFA jackets that might have former FFA members' names on them. They were sometimes faded. um, But... The beauty of this program and what it does for students is they get their own jacket with their name on it. And so it's their jacket. And there's there's something about zipping up that blue corduroy jacket that's stiff and new and sometimes maybe slightly oversized for an FFA member, but it's theirs and they hopefully will get a feeling that they're part of something much larger than just themselves. That this organization, although it has their you have your name on your jacket, that you're part of something where there's 8000 other FFA students across Nebraska that you're you're part of this group.
4: Where can people go to learn more information about the program?
5: If individuals are interested in contributing to the Blue Jacket Bright Futures program with the Nebraska FFA Foundation, they can go online to our website at neffafoundation.org and there is a donate button and they can just click on that and make an online contribution with their credit card. They can also give us a call if they want to. The deadline is August 31st. of So at the end of this month is we'll um, accept contributions.
4: That's been Executive Director of the Nebraska FFA Foundation, Stacy Agnew, talking about the Nebraska FFA Jacket Program called Blue Jackets Bright Futures. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Deuce
0: and the uh, totality now over kentucky as just about a half an hour ago now we experienced that in nebraska as that shadow continues to make its way at 1800 miles an hour along the continental united states just a few moments ago we checked into lincoln nebraska with bryce duskett
4: The total eclipse happening today. We're in Lincoln, Nebraska. CNN listed Barry's Bar, the rooftop in Lincoln, Nebraska, as one of the top seven places to view the eclipse. Cody Keister joins me here. Cody, tell us what you're currently seeing. So we're nearing totality right now. Um, Pretty much we're
2: on the rooftop right now, and uh, it's pretty crowded up here. Everybody's getting excited. Uh, The temperature's dropped by about 10 degrees. It's getting a little bit chilly out. It,
4: about evening, but it's actually 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so... Now, Barry's Rooftop is at total capacity here. Cody, what time did you have to get here to view the Eclipse? Well, I
2: got here about 9 a.m., and I think I was about
4: one of the last ones that they let in before they
3: uh, closed the doors on capacity here.
4: Again, in Lincoln, Nebraska, at Barry's Rooftop, it is the first day of classes for UNL students, but a lot of them are here viewing the Eclipse. We are near totality here once again. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Dewey. All
0: right, Bryce, thanks very much quite an experience just amazing and i'm sure that you put it into words yourself and uh, commit that to memory that's one that won't occur for a while yet again twenty eight minutes after one o'clock now central time from the voice of rural nebraska kr well i need not put into words what you just saw that was thoroughly amazing <laughs> And the shadow continues to move toward the eastern portions of Nebraska and on to the south and east. During the course of the middle part of the day, looking up now at a partially covered disk of the sun after a total eclipse. In central Nebraska, clouds and thunderstorm chances increase late this afternoon and tonight. High today, 85 low tonight, 62, 82 with sunshine tomorrow. This 880 weather watch sees temperatures at 78 now as the sun comes back out.
6: No matter what people try to tell you about the total eclipse, remember this. All it really amounts to is being mooned on a very large scale. A moment of clarity from 880 KRVM.